Hi, welcome to Bumblebees, a podcast between pals. I'm your pal Rowan, and you're my pal this week, and I'd like to talk to you about a book called Gossamer Axe by Gail Baudino. Gail Baudino is an American author and harpist who established herself in the literary scene and fantasy in the late 1980s and early 90s. Uh, since then, she's adopted several other pseudonyms she's published under, and her best-known works are probably the Strands series, which admittedly I have not read. She did write other series too, but the book I'm here to discuss is actually one of her few standalone novels. Gossamer Axe is my favorite book. I've had others, and since I first read it, I've had phases where other books took its place temporarily, but ultimately, I keep coming back to Gossamer Axe, and for two years now, I've loved it as much as any person can love a work of art. I've said before that I love fantasy. I was raised on it, and not just around the D&D table, but almost more so around books. Fantasy literature shaped my expectations of all stories, and although my tastes have changed as I've grown older, I still expect a story to ebb and swell, and touch me deeply as people of all walks and talks of life defend, protect, uh, reclaim what dark magic or political corruption or the simple decay of the setting itself have touched. I also... <laughs> love music. I initially went to an arts conservatory for music composition for university, and music is still nearest and dearest to the old heart. Uh, Gossamer Axe is written by a musician, a harpist, for other musicians, but not in a way that alienates people with little to no musical knowledge. My father actually recommended this book to me, and he's as tone deaf as a bullfrog, and with even less ability to read tablature or sheet music. <laughs> but it touched him deeply, too, when he first read it in the 90s. And Gossamer Axe was published in 1990. It's urban fantasy, which is not a take on fantasy that I typically enjoy. Um, the main character has two names, her traditional Irish name, which was given to her at birth in the 6th century, and the name that she uses in the 80s when the story starts. That name is Krista, which I'll stick to for the sake of discussing the book. Krista, as I mentioned, was born in the 6th century. In the early 7th century, she and her lover summoned a she, spelled S-I-D-H-E, or sometimes just S-I-D-H, harpist from the Fey realm. Uh, so she and her lover summoned a she harpist, a, a fairy musician. It was a young and foolish attempt to learn the craft, uh, and as a result, they were kidnapped and taken to this unchanging, lifeless fey realm. Krista eventually managed to escape it by stealing the magical harp from the she that kidnapped her, but she had to leave her lover behind. And that harp, which is in and of itself a character in the story, it, it's kind of an, an equipable ally, if you will. <laughs> um, it, it has fey magic, but it, it is not in itself fey. And because of this, Krista, who is an, just an absolute master musician by the time that she escapes, she forms a bond with the harp. And in return, that harp keeps her alive for almost 1,500 years. Krista tries and fails to rescue her lover from the fey realm in this time, but she's not successful. She's unsuccessful, and this doesn't dampen her determination, uh, because all that happens before the story even starts. The story of the book starts when Krista, who makes a living as a harp and eventually a guitar teacher, is invited to an 80s heavy metal concert by one of her students. The concert just blows her away. It's a, a Malmsteen concert, and she connects to the music in a new way, a way that she didn't know was possible. And from that point on, she sets out to form an 80s metal band to rescue her lover with the power of hard rock. This book is actually about lesbians, <laughs> which is part of why I love it so much. It's not very in your face about it. In fact, uh, you don't even have confirmation that Krista and her lover, who I'll call Judith, uh, are romantic partners until you're a good chunk of the way in. And after that, 
it's so matter of fact that it never really feels like it's being put on display or performed. Krista does increasingly identify herself as gay throughout the book to the people closest to her, like her bandmates, but her sexuality and the physical intimacy with which she treats her loved ones is more of a spiritual and culturally unquestionable part of her life to her. And Krista is, with all of these things to consider and a million more things to consider, an absolutely amazing main character. I very rarely pick the main character of a book to be my favorite, but Krista, ooh, just, she's amazing. And the book is her story. But part of what I love about this book is that the development of every single character that's named or mentioned at all is treated with such care and honesty, and, and you don't really feel like there are any loose ends untied by the end. But it doesn't feel closed off, which I think is an interesting balance to striking, and Galbaldino obviously does it very well. Uh, and one of the most important things about this book to me is that it is not a bury your gaze trope. <laughs> there, There is a character, um, spoiler alert, Monica. Monica does make discoveries about her sexuality as part of her story arc, and she does die. But there are more straight people than gay people that die, and every other queer character lives to the end to grow old. Which is, oh god, it feels so good. <laughs> And Monica's death is not directly tied to her sexuality in any way. This book means a lot to me personally for a lot of reasons. It uplifts different styles and preferences for music with dignity. There's an internal bias against more modern or quote-unquote simple music in a lot of classically trained musicians' work, like their literature. But Gossamer Axe revels in the sheer power of emotion conveyed through music with lower technical difficulty, and they acknowledge the privilege it takes to gain technical mastery in any instrument. Uh, and above all, the book and the author really drive home that the love for the music, no matter what genre, is the most magical thing about it, and that's, that's really nice <laughs> to find. I also love this book. I, I mentioned before that my father recommended this book to me, and it was really special to read a book that he read before I existed and see how it shaped the way that he saw me as I grew up. It gave me a much better understanding of the world he came from and how many leaps and bounds there were between it and me as the adult I've come to be. Talking about this book with him really brought us closer together, and I'm really passionate about music and literature being vehicles for communal understanding. Um, so that's two nails on the head, my immediate family and just these things that I'm really passionate about. And on top of all of that, so Gossamer Axe deals with a lot of very heavy and dark themes, domestic and parental abuse, homophobia, poverty, sexism, grief, to just name a few. But the truest and most poignant messages that you get from cover to cover are lessons in feminism and community. I have very, very rarely in my life found fantasy novels or any novels that have addressed the root of these issues in all of their severity and still left me with a fun story and one that preaches joy and passion. That's part of why Gossamer Axe is to me my favorite book, but there's also just something about it. You can't always put a finger to it or put a word to it, but it, it's there on the tip of your tongue. It's there in the palm of your hand. There is a way that you can love a book, that you can't love a movie or a song or a painting. 
you can love those things, but you love them differently. And I, I do love those things differently. And the way that I love this book is unlike the way that I've loved any other book. It This book has been foundational in the way that I approach my relationships, in the way that I approach myself as a queer person, as a musician, as a product of my parents. This is an amazing book about found family and love and the magic that music has in it. And all of those things are, to me, completely unequivocal and deeply important parts of living a fulfilling life. I'm sorry if you can hear my cat screaming. He wants to weigh in that he is also an unequivocal part of my life. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please remember to donate to Black Lives Matter, uh, or you can follow the link in the description of this episode to find a master post of organizations that you can aid to in the fight right now. Remember, Black Lives Matter. Listen to them, learn from them, stand behind them, do everything you can and everything they tell you you need to. Talk to you next week. Oh my god, it fell off.